has come and gone. We'll have some takes and takeaways from Ohio State's inter-squad scrimmage. Talk about the quarterback battle in specific. One of Ohio State's marquee coaches gets a little banged up. We'll talk recruiting news. All this and more in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy alongside Johnny Ginner. Johnny, you know, football being played in the shoe again, cause for celebration. It was a gorgeous day in the capital city as the men of the scarlet and gray squared off against one another. Uh, give me your uh, takeaways, your your immediate first reactions to this year's annual spring festivities. Uh, offense sucks. Ohio State's going to go eight and four. Or eight and five in 2023, uh, Ryan Day gets fired by the third game. No, I don't know. It's their look. A lot of people, I think, were a little, little anxious about how the uh, the offense performed on Saturday, particularly in light of you know losing a lot of guys in the offensive line. That part a little shaky, uh, but I don't know how much you can really take away from really a glorified, you know practice and especially one where you're dividing starters amongst two different squads and i don't know i i I think if you're looking for areas like you're looking at the offense if you're looking for areas to be a little concerned okay offensive line might be part of that um but overall i think you know kyle mccord didn't start out super great settled in a little bit better as it went on but ultimately it's april and I don't know that you can really get a huge amount of insight into what the team's going to look like in September at this point. There, there's still a lot of practicing and evolution that's going to happen. Um, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. lining up the slot repeatedly is a really interesting development. But also maybe that's just what you throw out there in the spring because it's funny. So offensively, totally cool. I thought the defense in terms of the secondary looked a lot pretty pretty comfortable right i wouldn't say necessarily improved because again i don't know what all you can you can get from all this but uh comfortable in jim Knowles system and so i i appreciated seeing that you, you saw some guys flying around making plays denzel burke looked good um i like that so overall you know i'm not thinking this is a team that's going to go out and run the table necessarily but still a lot of talent and um you know the areas of growth i think will happen over the next you know four or five months yeah, I would say the you know the things that I was looking for going into this were mostly on the defensive side. You know, I we yeah. have talked about this in previous episodes. I was really eager to see what does year two of the Knowles experiment look like defensively. Uh, but all of the focus, as you rightly noted, was after the game was on the offense. Uh, one, we didn't get any kind of I think definitive answer about the quarterback battle given that we only got to see one of the two guys who are right. theoretically uh, in the mix for the starting position um, with, with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, um, both apparently staying in the program and still expected to, to battle it out yet. Yeah, Devin Brown did, did not compete in the spring game due to uh, an injury concern. So that was one thing, you know, gosh, now we're going to have this quarterback battle continuing. You might have thought, okay, we get settled here through spring ball. Not the case. And then that focus on the offensive line. But I, you said it, and this is kind of my takeaway. I'm not sure how worried I'm going to be about this at this stage in the game because I don't know how much I can tell from watching, you know, a, a, an inner squad scrimmage here. This is where, and, and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this, but I read a great piece in The Athletic couple weeks ago talking about 
what we should do with these spring games is what we have typically seen happen with the pay to play games uh, in September, you know, that, that Ohio state, instead of paying a million dollars to Youngstown state in September should be doing that in April and bring them in for the scrimmage, bring in, Mm -hmm. you know, a Mac school or uh, an, an FCS school or something along those lines, a payday game, do that in the spring. So you can actually see, you know, your ones go against uh, some live bodies instead of, as you said, splitting guys up between two different squads and, you know, all, all of those kind of things. And, and also, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, the difference between hitting your own guys and hitting guys on another team, even though that's yeah. not going to be another, you know, power five school at an April scrimmage. You know, just the idea that it's different guys than you see every day in practice. I'm not sure you ever get anybody's best ball at the spring game when they're playing themselves. Mm -hmm. So to me, this year's game, maybe more so than a lot of them, really hit on that fact that we could do a lot better as a sport if we would totally change the way we do these spring games and, and stop making them. Now, I will say this. The one thing I love about the spring game uh, we were driving up 315. We didn't go to the game, but we were going to brunch in Upper Arlington. Um, mm-hmm. And and the traffic uh, three hours before kickoff was bumper to bumper. That was game day. It was. I mean, it, they it were, was game day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what sixty, seventy thousand people? It sounded yeah. like um, there. So I love. I think I think parking was free, and we've done this before, especially when the little tyke was was real small. Um, we would take her and go to some tailgates, like the Ag College has a, mm-hmm. has an alumni tailgate, and so we would we would go to that and get to see the cheerleaders and Brutus and the band and and, and you know all those things. Like it's a great experience for families and and young families in particular that you get to um, to 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 do. Um, Hang on a second. I'm being interrupted. So it was just a great, you know, family experience. And and compared to what ticket prices have been over the last several years for for fall games, for real games, this is a great way to take a family. And and the weather was perfect. So I, I do love that about the spring game, but I would like to see them change and actually play, you know, real football, uh, so to speak, against another opponent, make it a true yeah. scrimmage instead I of the squad thing. I think they should do it one of two ways. So I would agree with that. Either they do like a real thing. Like it's a real scrimmage, real game against another team. And you're like, Oh, okay, this is fun. This is interesting. Or go the complete opposite direction and just put in as much goofy crap as possible. Like pump pass kick competitions. And I, they did that a little bit with under Meyer, but they kind of like yeah. passed it. Like I, it should be like an exhibition in the truest sense. Like, let's see how far, like, like straight up pro bowl kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So either do one of the, one or the other. I, I do think, you know, it, it is part of the narrative of football in general, where you have to have this. I mean, if you're having spring practices, you want it to culminate in something right. Where people are talking about like quarterback battles and positional, you know, struggle and all this other stuff. You want to see it kind of build to something. And I think that's what leads to these spring games being so important in people's minds is that, well, you know, we're, we're figuring out who the new quarterback's going to be and all this kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I, I think just as a concept, being able to watch Ohio state football in the shoe 
for seven bucks a person is a really great thing. I think that's positive for both the Ohio State community, people who can't normally afford it because like it's super expensive. I can't normally afford it, right? It's 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 a great opportunity for people to enjoy that atmosphere, that game day atmosphere. So I, I love that concept. Um, but like I said, I, I don't know how much you can really take away from it. I, I will say, I mean, if you're really kind of looking at the totality of spring, if you're concerned that Kyle McCord isn't going to be as good as like CJ Stroud was over the past few years, it's probably a valid concern, but also because CJ Stroud is like a historically unbelievably accurate and, and hyper-competent quarterback, you're going to take a step back. Um, I think the question is just how far that step is. So we'll see. We've got a lot of time between now and the first game of the season. Uh, you got all of summer and all of fall camp right to to get to that point um i just wouldn't go ahead and make any dire predictions at this point i don't i don't think that's particularly useful at you know in the middle of april yeah what i thought was interesting was looking at his passing chart uh kyle mccord's passing chart mm-hmm. dan hope had a great piece breaking down literally every throw of the spring game which i just you know i love number one dan hope is my hero uh the, the guy's body of work is just incredible but it also kind of tickled me that i'm like we're we're seriously breaking down every single uh pass of a spring game like it's this is this is peak off season it's a really right? nice article too i mean it's got it's clips, a wonderful piece gifts, because I mean, so when I was looking at the passing chart, you know, I, and, and, you know, if you just looked at the, at the, the numbers, it was really kind of interesting because, you know, those short passes, which were most of the, most of the passes were, were under, under 10 yards. Um, not, not bad at all there. And, and yeah. likewise, actually uh, it attempted a half a dozen passes that were beyond 20 yards. And, and actually, you know, I think completed about 50% of those, about three of six, uh, on those, one of those, mm-hmm. one of which was a throwaway, and one was broken up by the, by the defense. So, you know, actually, it was it was more of those kind of intermediate throws. Um, didn't make any completions between uh, the the ten to twenty yard mark. Although, again, one was a throwaway, one was broken up, and two were dropped. So you you had when you started looking at that, you say, okay, he actually wasn't too terrible um, down the field, relatively speaking. And the defense apparently did pretty great because they forced a number of, of pass breakups. And I think that, you know, we talked about the offensive line. That's part of what you could make out of his passing chart is did the guy have enough time to get the ball where he wanted it to go? And those throwaways right. and some of those things would, would say, Hey, you know what? Maybe that defense and that defensive secondary has improved and it's not just, Oh, we're taking a big step back from CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think that is also a reasonable take because one of the things that was mentioning Josh Perry mentioned this actually on the broadcast, which is like, you know, at this point in time, last season, you're talking about a completely new defensive system. You're talking about guys who, you know, for the first time they're, they're meeting this coach, they're talking with this coach, they're trying to implement something. And I think there was improvement last season, you know, despite the last few games. Um, But I do think that like, you know, it's one of those things where you really don't know until you play another team. And I, I am optimistic. I, I think the players that they got in there, they definitely look more settled. They look, you know, more confident and taking chances and, you know, their, their, you know, coverage assignments, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it, there's reason to be optimistic about the defense. I I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. Optimistic is a good word. Good way to put it. And, and I think, you know, my stance on this 
we were talking about this among some of the the staff. They, I'm not going to be worried about the offense until you know, like the second week in October. Right. <laughs> because no, yeah, I mean exactly. You know, Ryan Day just continues to put it together. He's going to have a good quarterback, whichever guy it ends up being. It's Kyle McCord. He's going to be fine. Whether or not he's CJ Stroud isn't, you know, isn't the question. Is, is he going to be good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, you feel really strong about the wide receivers regardless. Like that's not a big, you know, that's not a big surprise if they come out and end up being three or four, you know, first or second round draft picks. Right. Uh, so all, all that's to the good. The offensive line is, is the one question I would have. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, I think, See me, see me mid September, and and we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to get super worked up about now, but I definitely feel more optimistic about the defense. Uh, and and you know everything we've known about Jim Knowles has been that his defenses get better over time. So, right. you know, I'm. I will I'm, say, I'm I want to say this real quick. I thought it was interesting though because before Ohio State spring game, I was reading some of the reports about other spring games around the country. And it was interesting to me reading the one about Florida's spring game. And, you know, if you look at the stats for the quarterbacks in, in uh, Florida's spring game, it was like, okay, whatever. It's, you know, they didn't have a great spring game, but whatever, who does? It's not a big deal, you know? And all these reports I was reading about it were essentially like, Florida doesn't have a quarterback. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> they got to find something to transfer for. People were losing their minds about it. And to me, First of all, I think that says a lot about the difference in expectations and also like faith and coaching and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also like it, I was I was sitting there thinking like, oh, God, I hope Kyle Mohort doesn't come out and stink up the joint because he'll get annihilated. And and he didn't have a great uh, practice. But I, I do think that people generally understand, you know, first of all, Ryan Day is a great coach. Second of all, he, you know, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, you didn't get to see that. But uh, these guys have a lot of talent. And it's just interesting to me what uh, winning can do in terms of expectations. And also, you know, on the opposite side that we normally see as Ohio State fans, kind of maybe temper things a little bit in spring where it doesn't feel like everything's desperate and people have to come out looking amazing. Because I think, you know, you can kind of be a little more laid back and, and have confidence and trust the process a little bit at this point. Now, that won't be the case in September, but now I think, you know, knowing the track record of success um it makes it a little easier to 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 believe in what's going to happen and what the end product's going to look like yeah well said and looking at you know another area where the day administration has been very successful and this spring game uh underscored it was in the recruiting front uh yeah, ohio state pulled in a big timer top 15 tight end max leblanc committing to the buckeyes uh during the spring game festivities over the weekend uh he took his first visit to columbus in march got an offer back in january and pulled the trigger uh really really good stuff um kudos to keenan bailey as his main recruiter his first commitment since becoming part of the big boy staff uh four-star tennessee prospect uh, you like a, a big pass catching tight end. Certainly that's one. Maybe this will be the, maybe he'll be the guy when Ohio state decides to finally start throwing to the tight end. So sure. <laughs> Recycle a well-loved joke around these parts. The thing that I, I thought was great about this, and it was due also in part to a, a decommitment uh, from Georgia, but Ohio state currently holding the number one recruiting class in the country 
after mm-hmm. getting that big tight end recruit and and a slew of April offensive recruits uh, between we talked uh, last week about five star wideout Milan Graham, four star quarterback Aaron Nolan, four star running back James Peoples, the lone defensive recruit, four star linebacker Peyton Pierce. So it's been a good April so far. Uh, you know, how are you feeling about the class of 2024 at this stage? I'm pretty good. You know, it, it, obviously we were uh, a little concerned. People were kind of, kind of concerned and, and going, you know, want to get these defense guys in. What's what's the deal with that? But still, uh, overall, I, you, you like the numbers. You like the recruiting rankings. I I think right now it's not so much a sense of like, okay, well, they can't recruit defensive players. I think that's just a matter of coincidence at this point. I don't know that it means anything. I don't think you can say like, well, Ohio State just stopped recruiting defense. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I like, I like those players. I, I think, you know, you're obviously getting some big time offensive guys. It's more of the same, you know, especially a wide out and I don't know if that's the formula and that's what you're getting. And then you, you know, end up scoring 50 points a game. I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. Yeah. And one of those things that you say the rich get richer uh, and Ohio state had some, some defensive players at the spring game, you know, 2024 safety, Reggie powers uh, was, was among the um, standouts there. But again, you know, the ones and especially ones that our, our staff talked to uh, at spring game, very skewed offensively. So I think, you know, the mm-hmm. one thing I would, I would, you know, say, I feel good about the class as it stands, but I, I'll feel a lot better when they start bringing in some more defensive bodies. I, Five I star edge rusher. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. I need two or three of those. That'd be great. Yeah. Now, Agreed. you know, it was by and large a good weekend uh, for Ohio state from the spring game standpoint. One, not so good thing that happened after the game was uh Ohio state offensive coordinator, Brian Hartline found himself in the hospital after he crashed his side by side. You know, you never like seeing your team's coaches in the news. For yeah. It's simply like bad. And, and, and I kind of got to feel like, you know, if you're Gene Smith, don't you just want to wrap Brian Hartline in some bubble wrap and like keep him up on a shelf somewhere? Well, or, or mandatory, you know, like, not drinking and driving classes, you know what I mean? Like that, that might be, uh, that might be an order here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I think it is important to impress upon people like, Hey man, like don't maybe, maybe don't do that. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his life experience has been. I don't know if anybody has said that to him, but I, I do think it's important for, for someone to possibly say that to him now, like, Hey, Hey, if, if you're thinking of doing that and and possibly you know operating utv at 1 30 in the morning you know and, and having a few beers maybe don't do that maybe maybe that's something you shouldn't do as opposed to doing that which is you know what apparently you know ended up happening so you know again it, i'm not like up in arms about it. i don't think it's like the the most heinous thing that anyone has ever done i thought i think it's foolish but um you know it, it's hopefully something that he can learn from and, and maybe you know use that as an example to teach some of the younger guys and is, you know, stead to, Hey, maybe this is a mistake I made and you don't have to make the same thing. Yeah. I would say, um, I, I made the joke, you know, among, among the staff that, uh, geez, you know, having a few beers and racing four wheelers sound like a typical Saturday night back where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not uncommon. I'm not, yeah. I'm, it's, now, it's, now that said, 
you know, nobody who was riding four wheelers at my place uh, on a Saturday night was being paid several million dollars a year to coach uh, one of the top three football teams in the country. So <laughs> right, <laughs> little different circumstances, your mileage may vary. And I, and I, I joke, I guess a little bit, but I, I guess the serious part of me says there's probably a good learning experience here for coach Hartline uh, yeah. in, in that, you, you know, hope so. stuff that you do on Saturday night, you know, it's kind of hard to look your guys in the eye on 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 friday and give them the jim trestle nothing good happens after 10 o'clock speech right uh, and expect them to be tucked in their beds after a full night of studying for whatever final they have next week kind of kind of thing and then go out and tie one on and crash your 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 atv like uh there's probably some cognitive dissonance there so i imagine that uh gene smith is is had a heart-to-heart and will have another heart-to-heart or so with coach Hartline over this particular incident yeah, I think so too. And you know, this like I said, this can be a learning experience. Do some counseling, understand, you know, why that's that's obviously not a thing that you should be doing, and then, you know, hopefully learn from it and, and teach other people not to do the same thing. And I think that's probably the best outcome. You know, one of the things that you become accustomed to in this modern era of college football is that after spring practice, there will be some uh, movement to the transfer portal as guys uh, determine that they are not going to be. Uh, a heavy feature of the team's offensive or defensive plans, respectively. And certainly it happened again this year. Ohio State, just two days after the spring game, learned that third-year kicker Jake Seibert will be in the uh, a, a transfer portal departee. He uh, issued a statement on social media, um, praised Ohio State for his education and opportunities for development, both professionally and athletically. Uh, but he gone, as the kids say these days. I... I don't know that this necessarily surprised anybody. Um, Cybert never attempted a kick in a game for Ohio State after his freshman season, and the Buckeyes mm-hmm. have quite a lot of kickers on the roster, including transfer Parker Lewis from the University of Southern California, a couple walk-ons. Can't lose. Um, so, you know. <laughs> that's a really stupid show. Yeah, it's okay. You know, you got How one. long was that show on the air? Parker Lewis can't let, That might have been like a four-episode TV show. Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> short-lived, short-lived. Uh, so I, I guess I'd be curious to see if there are any other um, – there, there, there wasn't a rush to the aisles, apparently, after spring ball was over. Um, I'd be curious to see what, what other portal news comes, if any. 73 episodes. <laughs> 73 episodes. That's Over good. three seasons. Isn't that insane? I didn't realize it was on that long. A little, little insane. Yeah. How about that? But yeah, anyway, sorry to answer your question. Uh, that's just one of those things. I mean, you're right. When you've got a lot of people competing for time, space, energy, particularly in an offense that does not really kick a ton of field goals. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much a... That's pretty much a given that you're going to see some some transfer transfers out. Yep, absolutely, true story. And and I'll have you know, just um, so you don't feel bad, uh, it took precisely two comments uh, on our article elevenwarriors.com for someone to bring up Parker Lewis can't lose. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that makes me feel so, much better. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're okay. Actually, it spawned quite a lot of comments and uh, a couple nostalgic memes and and so on. Oh, good. So, Good times were had by all. All right, let's uh, step away from the spring game for a moment for some football news that I thought was very interesting. Uh, News floated on Monday that the Cleveland Browns could potentially play in Ohio Stadium. How about that? 
<laughs> in well, the not so distant future. According to a report, uh, an economic construction and development and real estate news website in Northeast Ohio, yes, there is such a thing. The Browns and the uh, Haslam family that owns the team have plans to renovate Cleveland Browns Stadium. And when that happens, the Browns could play, and I quote, for two to three seasons at another location. It isn't publicly known yet where, but Columbus is a likely destination. Hmm. Where in Columbus could the Browns potentially play? Well, Lower.com. I mean, you know, and, and not for nothing. Um, <laughs> the Haslam's are co-owners of the Columbus. I Pro, know, right? So lower.com, you know, would one assume be in play, but the Browns playing at Ohio stadium. And I'm not a Browns fan, but I just got to say like an NFL team playing in Ohio stadium has my attention. Yeah. Well, and the thing is lower.com has got like a seating capacity of 20,000. So that, I mean, I've been, by the way, if you haven't been to the new crew stadium, I please, you need to go out there. It's, it's wild. Yeah. The stadium is really nice. I was lucky enough. My coworker, uh, one of my coworkers, a huge, huge uh, crew fan, and she has season tickets and, uh, gifted me and my wife and my kid uh you know some tickets because she couldn't make it and it's it's a trip that is a that's a fun experience it's super enthusiastic they pack that place that that is a hell of a time still twenty thousand people probably not enough for the haslams i would think especially over two to three years it seems like a lot um so yeah you would have to think that among all the other places in the state of Ohio, I mean, what are they? They're not going to, you know, they're going to Pennsylvania. They're certainly not going to play in Pittsburgh. That would be horrific. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you got to think that Ohio State. Now, you know, we were talking a little about this. How do they how do they make upgrades in and around um, Ohio Stadium to, you know, accommodate like an NFL you know, experience? Although I don't I'm kind of skeptical at how much they'll actually go in for doing that. But um yeah, you, I, I think that would probably be pretty a pretty likely scenario if that happens. And that would be wild. See NFL football in Ohio Stadium, I think, would be really that'd be really interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, we should note that and it's been a minute, but the Browns played uh, the orange and brown scrimmage in August of 2015 uh, at Ohio State uh, at right. Ohio State. I had and, forgotten about that. That's right. Yeah, they had almost 50,000 fans in attendance. Forty nine thousand seven hundred thirty four was the official reported number. The largest attendance for any Browns open practice or family day since at least 2005. So, you know, if you can bring 50,000 out to a scrimmage. Oh, they'd sell um, out the shoe. I'm, I'm dead. I'm, I, I have no doubt in my mind about that. If they ended up playing games there, yeah, that, all of those are instant sellouts. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be kind of wild. And, and certainly, as, uh, uh, as Chase Brown pointed out in his article on the site, you know, mutually beneficial for sure because um, there are some things that Ohio Stadium, you know, could stand to have done if the Buckeyes ever wanted to host. Oh, say first round playoff games in the new mm -hmm. college football playoff format, then, you know, getting the Browns to foot the bill for some of that things that would have to happen um, to winterize the stadium to see an NFL team play there for an extended period of time. You know, that certainly would be a huge, uh, a huge boon. And by the way, as Chase pointed out, could also be some spillover benefit to the local hockey franchise because the Blue Jackets um, has been wanting to play outdoor hockey games in the shoe for many years, but the thing that has has kept it from happening has been winterizing Ohio Stadium. So, mm -hmm. hey, you know what, Haslam's make it happen. 
Uh, and, and I say this again as the uh, token Pittsburgh fan on the program, I would still be super stoked to see an NFL team playing in Ohio Stadium. Hell, play the play, play the Browns Steelers game there. I mean, that's that's an instant classic. Yeah, that would be sick. And yeah. and honestly, I mean, given the makeup of you know NFL fan bases in Columbus, Ohio, I think that would be. I mean, that would be bonkers. That yeah, would be totally agree. That would be like a Michigan game, honestly, in terms of, of how yep. wild things would be in and around the stadium. I think that would be. I w- I would stay far away, but <laughs> right, <laughs> but. But as an interested third party, I think it would be it would be fun to watch. That would be a cool experience. All right. In other NFL news, the NFL draft is is coming quickly upon us. And of course, as mock drafts will and betting lines do, momentum seems to have shifted away from CJ Stroud as the number one pick and back to Alabama signal caller Bryce Young, heavy betting favorite now to be the number one overall pick with 10 days to go. Uh, it was looking like the Panthers were going to take young Mr. Stroud when they traded up for the number one overall pick. And yet, and yet the betters seem to think that Bryce Young will be the number one overall pick. Now, I I, I don't necessarily care, I guess, but if you're CJ Stroud, where do you want to go in these early picks? You know, popular destinations have been the Panthers, the Texans draft number two overall. I think the Colts are at number four. But but put your GM cap on here. Put your put your manager cap on, I should say. If you were CJ Stroud's manager, your his agent, where where would you be praying he go? On the one hand, you know, number one overall pick, there's a lot of money to be made there. On the other hand, What's the best? What's the best situation for his career um, of these early picks, Johnny Gunner? I mean, you know, really, if you're looking for a place to like have a nice landing spot, you're not going to be happy <laughs> unless you're like 15 or below in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, it's not to me. It's it's not a situation. And I'm and granted, I'm not super well versed in all the different potentialities of of the, you know, the, the skill positions at the first five or six picks. But, um, you know, I, I think when you're that highly rated, I think you'll be happy to go in the top, like five top 10, they're talking about maybe dropping down to, you know, the Colts, which fine, you know, that's whatever that, that, you know, that's, that'll be a team. We'll see how that, you know, how that whole situation shakes out there in Indy. But, um, I don't know, man. I, I think honestly, it's, you want the prestige of being the number one pick because a lot of money comes with that. But if, but you know, sans that, I think it really just is who's going to give you the most money and you know, where do you feel most comfortable, but you don't really get to choose, you know, it's not, it's not college football recruiting. It's, it's not, you know, you're just kind of, you're just kind of hoping that you find yourself in a, a decent situation with some good coaches. And, you know, sometimes, Sometimes what happens is these guys get into not very good situations with not very good coaches and their talent ends up dictating the latter, you know, or the former, if that makes sense. In other words, they, you know, if you're so good and it's so obvious that the coach that you're going to is not very good, then maybe you get a different coach, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe your franchise has more faith in you than they do in the existing coach. And then you've got to get to call your shot anyway. 
Um, and I think you, you know, you see that happen sometimes uh, with really highly rated guys who, you know, have clearly are going to be superstars. And then, then you get to call your shot a little bit. So CJ Stroud goes out in a situation and maybe it's not a great, you know, fit, or maybe it's not a great uh, coaching situation, I guess. And he goes out and balls out anyway, then, you know, maybe, maybe it works out regardless. So I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see how it works out. I, I hope he gets it to a place where he's got some weapons to throw to, because I think he's just, one of the things I always look for in, um, you know, incoming NFL quarterbacks is what was their accuracy like in college? How how quickly can they make decisions? CJ Stroud's very good at both of those things. So I think he'll be fine no matter where he ends up. But um, yeah, I, I think honestly, if you're not the number one pick and you're not like the number 20 pick, it's kind of everything in between is pretty squishy. The thing that I uh, have to say, though, is that if I were him, I I would I would be very uh, concerned about going to the Colts because the Colts pick Stroud with the number four overall pick. You may not know this, but this is the same pick the franchise used to draft Art Schleister, <laughs> the only previous Ohio State quarterback to go well. inside the top ten. <laughs> and and I just don't know if that's some mojo I want in my life if I'm the young quarterback <laughs> i you know i hope he's not thinking too hard about arsenal <laughs> during the draft uh, or or really he's thinking stay, hard about yeah you're right yeah don't do the and like shouts him out tale. says my bro <laughs> oh god man this one's for you art you know, to, to quote be, johnny ginner that would be hilarious oh my god i would cry laughing it would be it would, i would die i'd be yeah. dead it'd don't be great do it. Don't don't do it, CJ. Don't no do it. Now you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh so we will watch. The draft is coming up April 27th. So we're we're uh, on the cusp. Uh before we get into the, our, our favorite segment of the program, ask us anything. Um also some basketball news. Ohio State landed a transfer guard in in Dale Bonner, a guard from Baylor, uh second transfer portal prospect in the past two weeks. Uh, the Ohio native averaged just 4.7 points per game for the Bears last season. Um, Six-year senior, he's 6'2", 170. Uh, yeah, okay, all right, fine. Adding some depth here. Uh, Bonner, in theory, is going to be a bit of a veteran backcourt presence for the Buckeyes, along a couple of second-year guards in Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale. And so, you know, we got Minnesota transfer, Jamison Battle. We were a lot more excited about early in the month, but Hey, you know what? Holman out there farming the portal. He's trying. Maybe maybe this will be the maybe this will be mojo the team needs to get itself back to the promised land. No, okay. Well, it back back be back's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, but um, it could happen. (laughs) It could. I said this though when they you know when they brought in previous um transfers which is that's not going to make or break this team it's going to be it's going to be how do these guys develop and uh you know the dudes that he's bringing in how quickly can they gel and coalesce and score you know 20 to 30 points a night so (laughs) that's that's probably not likely to happen with some of these guys because that would be crazy but you know it's not the thing is it's not whether or not they're going to be an elite eight team next season it's whether or not they look like they're improving at all and you know again i i said last season i said that before the end of last season i was like look man you, you've got to improve you got to get better and they, they regressed and i think 
he'll probably they'll, they'll look better next season. He'll probably get more credit than he really deserves. I think if they come out and, you know, maybe they're a first round NCAA team, he'll probably get a lot of credit for that. I don't know. That's really the bar. I don't think that's where the bar should be, but that might be enough, um, you know, for guys like Gene Smith and company to say, okay, all right, we see you. Um, and maybe, and you know what, and maybe that's, and maybe that's good enough, but I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I want, I want to believe that they're capable of more than that. So hopefully that's what we see. Uh, but again, I'm not super stoked about the transfers just because like I said, I think it's, it's more about what can you develop organically within the team. And, and that's what I want to see on a year to year. So we'll see. All right. Good stuff. Well, it is, uh, it is time as I, Mentioned for our favorite segment of the program, uh, the 11 Dubcast is brought to you by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Hats, t-shirts, stickers, all things for the discerning fan of the local sports franchise. You can find it at drygoods.11warriors.com. All right, Johnny, deep dig into the mailbag. What have you this week, my friend? All right, so here's the deal. And and I we haven't mentioned this yet on this episode of the the Dubcast. Uh this sadly is Andy's last show. Um I am personally what? Say it ain't so, Johnny Dinner. Say it ain't so. It, it, it it's so. And I I am personally really sad about this. Um Andy, you're an excellent human being. Um I could wax poetic about how cool of a dude you are for, you know, a long long time. Uh, we've been doing this. I, I went back. We've been doing this for a while now. This is like two and a half, three years, something like that. It's it's been a minute, um, and I've enjoyed it every second of it. You're a consummate professional and excellent human being. But here's the thing: we we've talked about this. We we you know how much I respect you. You know how much I enjoy you as a person. What I wanted you to know is how much our listeners enjoy you as a person. So what I did is I reached out to some of our frequent um, ask us anythingers. Our, our dubsketeers and kind of kind of let them in on this a little bit early. And what I asked them to do, Andy, was just kind of just write you just a note and just, you know, say how much they appreciated you, how much they enjoyed having you on the dubcast. Um, so this is this is a, a special edition of Ask Us Anything. Oh, wow. And uh, we'll just we'll just read some of the notes that they have to you. Uh, this one's from Peter in Seattle. He says, Dear Andy, I'm sorry to hear that this is your last show. I hope it's not because I made fun of grits. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope oh, it is my God. Here. That would be you ruined. Best, it. That would be the best reason ever. Just, you know, it'd be like that. That, that would be like uh, the classic clip of, of Bill O'Reilly when, right. when he was on hard copy or we'll whatever, do it inside edition. was either screw it we're gonna do it live and of course yes. it was much more colorful i'm just gonna stomp off the stage after that's a right. live read how dare they <laughs> uh so he goes on he says if you really like them that's okay we'll have our foibles uh we'll miss you on the show you've brought years of buckeye knowledge and perspective and introduce us to the cutthroat world of dog shows right uh, in the future whenever i watch best in show i'll think of you <laughs> yes <laughs> yes thank you peter that's fantastic. Uh, that is more of a documentary than people realize i i bet it is uh best of luck in your future endeavors and as always go bucks all right so that was great thank you that thank you awesome. very much peter uh next one here this is um from kevin who says uh andy great job on the podcast good luck conquering your future endeavors if you do as well as you did as on the podcast you will be fine and i agree with that Oh, like I said, constant professional. And of course, Andy, you're a, you know, you're a long time, uh, you know, media personality. So you're, you're always kicking butt on this. Um, this is from Nate in Perrysburg. 
Andy, I'm going to miss listening to you on the Dubcast. You always brought a sensible and funny attitude to the show, and I loved listening to stories of your childhood and adolescence. As a fellow OSU AG college grad, uh, even, the, even though I didn't go to the industry after college, I appreciated you bringing up your experiences in that world as well. Good luck in the future. Go Bucks. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this Ag, Ag Kids Unite. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, this one is from Joshua F. Uh, um, uh, I'm super sad to see to hear that's your last dubcast. You've been an incredible co-host and the better half of the dubcast. No. <laughs> He's, He's kidding. He's kidding. Okay. He puts right. a note. He said he was messing around. Okay. Uh, for the last three and a half years, uh, your enthusiasm and optimism, not just for the football team, but all the Ohio State sports programs yeah. is infectious. It's been fun to see how you've grown as a podcast personality and really put your own mark on the 11 dubcast. I wish you the best of luck as you move on and hope you and your sweet girl can win many dog shows in the future. <laughs> so the first part of that sentence, I thought you're referring to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the dog right. show's like, wait a minute. It can Although, go but your my daughter, daughter, my daughter shows dogs. dogs at the dog show. So it's, exactly. it, it, it works all the way around. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Okay. So he says, you and your informative intros will be sore, sorely missed. Um Oh, there is an appropriate uh, part two question here. Uh, will I still be able to consume fantastic content from your Warriors website? What's the big, uh, next big adventure for Andy Vance? Uh, Andy, so you you are you are have a lot of things going on. Do you want to explain yeah. what? what yeah, big... I, yeah, I'd be glad to. So, I I would say I have absolutely cherished uh, my time as as part of the Eleven Warriors community. Not, and and I've told this story you know before i'm sure but i i first got aware of the website itself you know gosh i mean more than 10 maybe close to 15 years ago now and it and it happened it was funny so a high school friend of mine and and actually um the older sister of my best friend in in the whole universe uh was working at a consultancy in chicago and worked with or was friends with or neighbors or something with Jason Priestess, who, you know, one of the founders and, and uh, co-owners of the site. And and she messaged me one day. She said, hey, I know you're Mr. Ohio State guy. Are you familiar with this website? And I, I frankly was not. And she said, well, you need to follow it. It's really good writing. It's it's a really great site. And so I started following it. And it very quickly became literally the only site that I visited to find out what's happening with Ohio State and, you know, at that time, primarily football and basketball. And and what happened over time is as a writer uh, myself, I wanted to be part of it. And so I would keep pestering Jason and just, hey, do you, do you have a role? You, you got a column you want written? Is there anything, you know, cover? I'm not going to go and be a beat guy, but like, you know, covering uh, you know, maybe the business of the university or some of like the the broader campus things or like business of college sports in general or the economics of these TV deals or conference mm -hmm. realignment. And, you know, I would just pester him all the time. And finally he was like, hey, how'd you like to be a mod on our message mm -hmm. boards? And I was like, I love that. And so shout out to the mod squad. Those guys are amazing. The unsung heroes. I know some of y'all like to take shots at the mods kneecaps, cut that shit out because those guys <laughs> are the unsung heroes of the under, uh, the underside of the interwebs and they don't deserve the grief that you give them. So treat your mods with respect. It is a thankless job and they are all legitimately wonderful human beings. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of them personally and shout out to the mod squad. Uh, especially, you know, my brother from another mother, uh, Buckeye Chief and and Navy Buckeye. Those are my guys. Um, absolutely love, 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 love the Mod Squad. But so spent years on the Mod Squad and then 
because of my connection with 11 Warriors, I got into wrestling. I didn't wrestle uh, in school. I went to literally one high school wrestling practice, determined that was not the thing <laughs> for me, and never thought about it again. And so then when I started, you know, hanging out with 11 Warriors uh, and being a mod and so on, uh, a friend of mine is a professional trainer, um, had worked a lot with the RTC and a lot of Ohio State wrestling guys. And so he was talking about wrestling all the time. And he's like, you know, hey, you're, you're going to be, you know, um, paying attention to Ohio State sports. You really need to be paying attention to the wrestling team because they're awesome. And this was about a year or so before Ohio State won the national championship. Uh, in wrestling, Kyle Snyder mm -hmm. was on the roster and, and Logan Steber and so on. So he got me into it, but it was all kind of in a roundabout way because he knew I was involved in the 11 Warriors community. And so then that led to um, having the opportunity to come on board and, and write the wrestling beat. <clears throat> and it's been one of the great pleasures of, of my life. I, I've kind of referred to this as my hobby for the last several years between the writing and then adding the podcasting later. Uh, it, it really has been a treat. But uh, this year was a really cool opportunity for me professionally. I had the chance to uh, step into a new professional role in my day job. I'm an executive director of a professional scientific society in the agriculture space. And that, um, you know, that combined with the travel we do for the dog shows. And as my daughter's gotten older now and she's more activities I want to be involved in. I just needed to trim some of the things that I have on my plate that aren't kind of, you know, first things first. And I felt like uh, this year in particular, I, I was not able to devote enough time to covering Ohio State's wrestling program at the level 11 Warriors and the program deserved. Uh, so, you know, Chase Brown did a great job covering a lot of the meets this year in the Big Ten tournament, the NCAA tournament. He's another guy who's super passionate about the non-revenue sports and wrestling in particular. So mm -hmm. love what he's brought to the team. So um, I, you know, kind of let let Jason know I was going to step back from the wrestling coverage and thought I would keep the podcast, you know, and be able to keep doing that. But it just is as my travel schedule for my day job is intensified. Um, it, it just made sense to say, hey, you know what? It's time to pass the torch to next man up, right? You know, we don't we don't have backups we just have more starters and uh, so <laughs> time to pass the torch um so no i would say you would expect to see me in 11 warriors uh you know in 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 the comments where i started as a, a loyal fan and reader of the site but but uh i would not expect to see me churning out uh you know 1800 word treatises on the latest <laughs> wrestling commit anytime soon that's just uh um, and I just haven't had the the hours to contribute to that that I wanted to, but I I appreciate the the comments and the compliments and the feedback and and Johnny, um, your your sentiments to me are repaid a hundred times. It's you you're a fantastic partner. And well, thanks, man. I'll tell you what we so we got a couple more. We got a couple. Oh more my comments gosh. Here. Okay. All we got right. a couple more, and then Play I'll and I'll 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 take you out on my sentiments here. Uh, so this is from Bryant, who says Andy in all caps. I'm sure I speak for the general audience when I say we're also sad to have you leave the show. The success of a show like this counts on not only the chemistry between the two of you, but also for the host to have a genuine interest and dedication to the fans of the show. Andy has shown such a care for the listeners and a mutual interest in all things Ohio State fandom since he started. Johnny, you have two, but we're not talking about you right now. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, and anyway, special wishes to Andy. We'll miss you on the show. And thank you again for some of the best advice he's given. 
if you can't park it don't drive it uh nice excellent that little 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 call back to that's right the show unintentionally that's right and uh that's that's right <laughs> and our last one of course from our good friend alvin as always uh thank you andy for being a thoughtful entertaining host on one of my favorite podcasts I'm sure we will stay connected, but I will surely miss my weekly dosage of your soothing radio voice. <laughs> your delivery on this podcast has been a perfect balance of honesty and humor for Buckeye Nation. Best of luck to your next, next adventures. By the way, I like the Im implication with that comment, Alvin, that I don't have a soothing radio voice. <laughs> but, but Johnny, you know, here's the thing that you have to understand. I, I've... Uh, the good Lord in, indeed blessed me with a voice that some no, people, you've got a for some reason. Voice. Well, I, you know, one thing you learn is that you are always your harshest, harshest critic. And I would say every broadcaster I've ever known has somebody whose voice they're like, man, I would trade pipes with that guy or that course, lady yeah. in, in a heartbeat. Um, there, you know, there are, there are a handful of, of my fellow farm broadcasters, you know, cause I spent 10 years in that space uh, as, as a farm radio guy and they're, are absolutely you know two or three that i could think of just off the top of my head that i'm like oh yeah i'd swap with him in a minute um but the thing that uh you know i would say to help you feel a little bit better about the implication there is for me in particular yes uh i, I may have gotten the voice for radio but i got the face for radio the finger <laughs> and the hairline you know so i kind of yeah, yeah. batted for the cycle there uh, you know there's, there's a reason i do radio and not television although <laughs> Although I do TV, you do, these you days. do TV, I, I, and I, I do. But for years, I would say there was a reason I did. Do and you've got it. and your and I gotta say, your sense of style on TV, this, the suits, fantastic. Gotta love I, it. That makes me feel nice that you've seen my segments. Oh, and, I have. And, you know what's funny? I was at I was at a. Uh, it was back when I broke my collarbone. Yeah. And I was sitting in the waiting room for one of my checkups, and I was like feeling pretty pitiful and sad for myself because I'd broken my freaking collarbone. And I was like, oh, there's Andy on TV. And that, that, cause it was, it was tuned to the Spectrum uh, channel. Yeah. And I was, uh, I brightened my day a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. I know that guy. And that, that made me feel much better about it. Yeah. For folks who, who, who have no idea what we're talking about. So I, I do a weekly uh, segment with, with Spectrum News One in Columbus. So if you're a sub Spectrum subscriber and, and get the, yeah. So we talk about agriculture with, with anchor Chuck Ringwald. And it's, it, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about the agriculture industry. That's certainly, I grew up on the farm. Still, you know, the stunning Mrs. Vance and I own the home farm, uh, little brother farms there. My dad lives there. The agriculture industry is our nation's most essential industry, bar none. And unfortunately, it's a really tough business to be in, right? Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. particularly the pressures that we face now. Um, there are some real big challenges, you know, from from climate and and environmental sustainability and and so on. So, how do we produce enough food to feed a growing population a quality, nutritious diet affordably, and and do it in a way that farmers can make money and live uh, a lifestyle that that you and I would want to live? Like, you know, those are those sure, are real yeah. challenges. So, it's it's a treat to get to you know, help share some of those stories each week and, and talk about some of those issues in a way that maybe folks, uh, you know, who live in central Ohio, who have never been on the farm or don't have the, the occasion to be on the farm, maybe it would be meaningful and useful to them. So, yeah, but it, it, the fact that you highlighted my style, because I am a bit of a clothes horse, um, or at least, a you know, wannabe, uh, I love, um, you know, shopping for, for fine. My wife would probably, 
tell you it's been pretty ridiculous this week on youtube of a night we sit down and we'll just watch some mindless youtube videos after the little tight goes to bed you know what i've been watching for the last week videos about bespoke tailoring on savile row <laughs> and so one of my bucket list things is to go to savile row in london and there have a, a bespoke suit made before i die that's, oh my that's God. one of those things i want to that'd do. be pretty sick it ain't cheap though. I, I was about to say probably. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yes. That's why well, I haven't say. done it yet. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so that that's ask us anything. And by the way, if if you're within the sound of my voice and you wanted to send in, um, you know, a, a note of thanks or you know, congratulations or you know, appreciation to Andy, could, please still do that. Send them to dubcast11warriors.com. I'll forward them on to the big guy and, and you know, he'll definitely get them. So uh, thank you everyone for writing in. Here's the last thing I'll say uh, to you, Andy. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are the OG. For a minute. Um, and the thing is, is that, so after hundreds and hundreds of episodes of doing this, uh, one of the things that I, I found that I, I really need to continue, <laughs> like if I'm going to keep doing it, right? And and I've, I've thought about this. I can't do it if it's just about Ohio State, right? If, if it's just, if I'm out here, you know, recording stuff for the love of the Buckeyes, that's not going to keep me going <laughs> for hundreds and hundreds of episodes. You have to really, really enjoy the people that you share that experience with. You have to be able to have a rapport and a connection with the other person on the other end of the mic. And that's what's been so fun about working with you and doing the dubcast with you, because I really do enjoy you as a human being, as an Ohio State fan, as a broadcaster. And that's what's made this whole experience where you just fly by because yeah. I've loved every second of it. Um, I'm going to miss you dearly. And of course we'll still be in contact and, you know, yeah. it's not like you're going away forever or anything like that. Yeah. But, I, um, I, I, I have like, you know, high hopes that, that uh, the boss won't pull my Slack access uh, yeah, I immediately. Think, yeah. You know, I just want to <laughs> hang out for a little while and just yeah. be, uh, be part of the club. Cause it's it, the, the feeling, um, you know, without turning this to the mutual admiration hour, I, I just, I want to, no, no, I kick ass. Tell me, tell me well, how great I the thing that the thing that I got to thinking about the other day, you know, it, it's, it's nothing short of amazing how many years you've been doing this podcast. And I think people who don't work <laughs> in media, it's amazing. It's amazing that people are still listening. No, no, but, but I think like people who don't work in media. So I, I have that perspective of having been, and particularly having been in broadcast media, so I started doing podcasts in my day job, you know, as an agriculture broadcaster, we started doing podcasts, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. And, and frankly, like it was a medium whose time had not yet come. And mm -hmm. I honestly thought it was going to die, you know, because we would, yeah. we would produce, you know, some really great quality podcasts. And, and maybe it was just because I was in the agriculture space and, and maybe there was a, a curve there, you know, and that the, maybe the farm audience was behind the curve because rural broadband isn't everywhere. And, you know, I, I don't know, but, I, I was convinced podcasting was dead. And then, you know, it's had this resurgence over the last five or six years, and it's really come into its own. And, you know, we have this wonderful, loyal, dedicated audience at 11 Warriors, but, you know, podcasts are a thing that are here and here to stay. So the fact that you, you know, have been doing this podcast that long through all of those ebbs and flows of the whole medium, right? The whole <laughs> podcast medium, to me, just is is truly incredible and i i think the reason that this show has continued and continue to thrive and grow is because of your personality uh your dedication what you bring to the table 
And, and it's, you know, professionalism, thank you for the things you've said about me, but your, your professionalism and the fact that you are, you're like the, the Lou Gehrig of Buckeye sports podcasts, <laughs> right? You're like the iron horse. You have, you've been doing this. I mean, we talk about this, there's, we've got four or 500 episodes in the catalog and that's not all of the episodes uh, in the podcast history, like we oh, don't, yeah, no, it's, we don't it's, have all of them in the current iteration of. Yeah, it's probably uh, north of six hundred at this point. Yeah, it's, it's and that just, I mean, that blows that blows my mind. You're going to be to a thousand episodes here before too long. The other thing I want to say, you know, that makes this podcast great is because exactly what you said, the people. So yeah, my my rapport with you uh, has been wonderful, and I look forward to our time together each week. And I also look forward to this loyal core of people who are connected to the show and people oh, yeah. that'll, that'll ping me on Twitter that I know listen every week. I get a great message from Buckeye Chief every week. Like I, I know about an hour after the episode drops, he's going to drop a message in my DMs and have something uplifting to say about the show. One of the reasons I love him is because he's just been such a great friend in that regard. But then, you know, Alvin sending questions and asking, saying, Brian, you know, the guys that you had on and Peter and the grits, you know, the, I look forward to every week, like, okay, what's Alvin going to serve up this week? You know? Right. And, and I've gotten to know a lot of you, you know, it's through social media, right? Like we're not all hanging out of the country clubs. We're all over the country, but like Alvin's kid is the most adorable kid that isn't mine or yours. You know, like I, <laughs> I look forward to seeing those pictures on Instagram and, and so, you know, so this community uh, is just really been a blessing in my life and I'm, I'm thankful to have been a part of it. And thank you specifically for bringing me in to your clubhouse here and letting me be a part of, of the best podcast in, in Ohio state sports uh, fandom. Thank you. Well, no, you know, and it was, it was my pleasure. It was our pleasure, obviously. I mean, it was, you know, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's fun talking about Ohio state sports. And it's, it's the thing is about the dubcast and, you know, obviously we'll, we'll keep having the dubcast. It'll still continue. But the thing about it for me is like, you know, I feel I've always felt like for it to be enjoyable for other people, it's got to be enjoyable for the two people who are discussing it on air, right? They, they've got to, you know, they've got to enjoy it. And then if that happens and that'll, that'll, you know, come across and, and go out to whoever's listening it. And, uh, you know, I've been really lucky over the years to, to be able to talk with people who I've really enjoyed talking with and, and have, you know, we've had really similar wavelengths and it's been fun to, to just kind of, you know, just shoot the, you know, just shoot the breeze and, and, I don't know. It, that's the thing I love about it. And so that'll continue. Um, but as I said, man, I'm going to miss you a lot. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, I'm excited to see uh, the next step here. But I, that doesn't mean I'll ever forget, you know, the time that we had. And, um, you know, I'm sure everybody else kind of feels the same way as listening. So thanks again, man. Uh, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, it's 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 been it's been a really, really great experience. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hoist a, a, a taunt to the good times. And I guess for one more, let's put this horse back in the barn one last time together before we bring in the next great host of the Dubcast. So, so we'll do it one more time. Uh, uh, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the 11 Dubcast. Mm-hmm.